It's Happy Hour from Central City, New Orleans. Hello, I'm Grant Moros. Happy Hour is part of the family of shows on the podcast network. It's NewOrleans.com. When you walk into a bar in New Orleans and pull up a bar stool, you never know who's going to be sitting on either side of you. What you do know is no matter what they look like, what they're wearing, whether they just got out of a limo or just got out of jail, they're going to be happy to talk to you because that's New Orleans. And this is Happy Hour, a cocktail-fueled 60 minutes of random conversation with folks who have nothing in common. Other than we're all New Orleanians in a bar, in this case we're at Casa Borrega. 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 That's really nice. Well, that's Borrega. one of our best Borregas we've ever had, that's I think. Really Even Hugo's looking over here yeah. impressed. <laughs> Very nice. Casa Borrega is a bar, a restaurant, and a live music venue on Aretha Castle Haley Boulevard in Central City, New Orleans. You can come down here and have a cocktail, have an excellent meal, and hear great Latin jazz mostly as well. It's open seven days a week. Check them out on Facebook and Twitter. Also, thank you to Petite Pet Care, dog walking and pet sitting, loving care for your pet when you're not there. Mary, you have a pet. Anyone else have a dog at home here? That's yes. Right. Everybody's got a dog. Your dog could be being looked after right now by fabulous Christy from Petite Pet Care. All you have to do is give her a call at 309-PET or find her online at petitepetcare.com. Hey, thanks for joining us. My guests around the table here at Casa Borrega today. Ah, Mary Kornhauser. <laughs> Mary Kornhauser is an award-winning screenwriter and film director. So far, so good, right? So far, so good. You're sort of looking unsure about that. Working mostly in the world of independent film where she's made three movies with stars that have included Nicolas Cage, Mickey Rourke, Peter Sarsgaard, and even our very own Aaron Neville. Really? Yes, Aaron Neville acted in something. Two things. Two movies of yours? Yes. Did you get to direct him or just write for him? I just wrote for him on those. What's he like then, really? He's super nice, right? Super Nicest nice, guy super ever. fabulous, super Wouldn't gorgeous. You know that? Didn't you know that, Andrew? <laughs> I did. Know yeah. That, yeah. yeah, I knew you were going to say that. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's more than likely you've seen Mary's latest work on screen. She was a writer on HBO's Treme. Did you all see that? Yeah. Okay, well, that's who you've got to thank for it, mm-hmm. right here. Well, actually, you thank David Simon and Eric Overmeyer. Well, you can thank them. We thank you, and then oh, you okay. can thank well, them on our behalf. <laughs> when Mary's not writing and directing, she's saving pit bulls as part of an organization called the Sula Foundation. And in between all of that, she's a full-time tenured professor of screenwriting at LSU in Baton Rouge. What a day. And you managed to find time to come and have a drink with us down here. Actually, I spent the better part of the day smelling the beautiful orange tree outside. Well, that's even a better life than I thought, being a <laughs> screenwriter and a professor. You Wait, the better part of the day? Yes. Huh. I messed up the time. You've oh. been sitting out there outside Casa Borrega. As a true writer, <laughs> as a true writer wow. smelling the orange blossom. Did you make nice. the most of it and come up with some brilliant ideas? Actually, I did. You did? I have a phone call later in the day. Today? Yeah. What's your brilliant idea? I can't tell you. I, you can tell everybody else. I'm not listening. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. It's like a pitch for a TV show or a yeah, movie? Yeah, actually it really? is. Really? It's a pitch for a TV show. How about nice. that? Do we get a cut of it seeing we made you? Well, we didn't do anything on it, I guess. No, actually you didn't. We were on our own there. No, you're on your our own. Our other guest sitting down the very end of the table was Rob Owen. Hi, Rob. Hey, man. Good to see you again. Rob Likewise. Owen is the Likewise. author of the instantly popular new children's book, Spy Boy, Cheyenne, and 96 Crayons. Yeah. It's got a dog in it. Remember Cheyenne? Cheyenne, the, your dog. Yeah, the chow. I do remember your dog. He's same, in the book. Same dog. You didn't bring a book with you, I see, to show I us. Did, you have. I okay, did. drag it's that out. It's in the bag. Okay. I'll keep talking in the meantime. The book published by Pelican, which is a pretty big deal, right, Rob? You don't have to get it right now. Okay. You can get it in a minute. I'll hang out. We'll get it after we've all had a couple more drinks. <laughs> The book is published by Pelican. Congratulations. That's a Thanks. serious, that's Thanks. a real deal. Yeah, it it's not like some guy on the internet with a you know, Kindle version. Yeah, but I don't want to knock that either. I, I'm kind of eyeballing that for your next yeah. gig. Do it yourself. I make, I make more E-books? Yeah. But I'd that, love to do that. But yeah. Pelican's pushing it for you, no doubt, right? Because they have a big marketing machine. 
fabulous. Okay. Good to know. Okay, so the book the book has been described as the prettiest children's book ever. I kind of... You wrote that. that. Well, because Indian's best thing for an Indian is, is to be pretty. pretty. So, yeah. Ah, okay. Good point. So yeah. it's about Mardi Gras Indians. So yeah. you said that. You know what? In future, just for future interviews, don't say that, that you wrote that. Because it make, don't, don't tell someone oh, that you wrote that. it. You didn't write you that. You said that. I said I that, right? Okay, yeah, thank you. That's right. That. I said that. I call it the prettiest children's book ever. Yeah. And no less an authority than artist James Michalopoulos calls it, quote, unquote, a fine tale with yeah. beautiful illustrations. That's pretty good for him to say yeah, that, unless yeah. you paid him to say that. Yeah, I got to give him a lot of rum. Yeah, well, he, he owns a distillery, <laughs> know, so I'm not so quite so sure how. It didn't cost me anything. Well, did you, perfect. Did, did you illustrate the illustrations? I illustrated the illustrations. Cool. And my... At the time, 10-year-old daughter helped me crayon color the entire book. Oh, so that's great. It's about an 8-year-old masking in his dad's tribe for the first time as a spy boy, and he loves crayon colors, and he insists on coloring everything around him by the exact crayon color name. So he's real just, like, set on that. <laughs> nice. Even including himself. people? Yeah, including people. Like, he doesn't Mac consider himself cheese. black. He considers himself burnt sienna, and his friends that are <laughs> Caucasian, he doesn't call them white because he's got a white crayon. And that doesn't sync up. They're either tickle me pink or peach or tan. So it's kind of like all in the child's POV. So it's kind of like a beast of the southern wild kind of vibe or uh, like Huckleberry Finn. Did so you it's get all his point of view. sponsored by Crayola Crayons or anything? Did not. I kind of backed off of that just in case they came after me with some lawyers or something. I would I'm think they'll be paying you. <laughs> Quite the opposite. Well, I'll try it now that I get it published. I just wanted to get published. You know? Yeah. Well, that's cool. Prior to being an author, Rob was a photographer, a graphic designer, and the owner of the city's wackiest shop ever, the New Orleans Surf Shop. That's one of my favorite things of all time. Look at Where was that? That was on Magazine, then it was on Maple. And we were around for like six years. Wow. Mm -hmm. And we got every cool brand because there was no competition. Like, no kidding. No competition for a surf shop in New Orleans. Who could imagine that? <laughs> Well, actually, when you go set up a place like in a, a beach community, you run into a lot of trouble because all the brands try and protect that surf shop. So we had everything from Volcom to Ruka to uh, really high-end surfboard manufacturers, too, that wow. every, everybody was jealous when they we go to the shows and we was like, oh, we've got that brand, yeah. But They had great T-shirts that said, no surf shop. Yeah. Which I thought was so fabulous. Yeah. The, uh, the owner Even of the place no we surf. first moved in, he's like, well, then what is it? And at the time, I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't really have a sense of humor about that. But What's the closest place to do legitimate surfing? Uh, we actually would surf at uh, Pontchartrain Beach. When it's a strong northern, it'd get like 20, 30 knots. It'd start breaking. I mean, it was real sloppy and choppy, yeah. and it was windswell, but yeah. you could hop up. and yeah. we go to uh, 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 Grand Isle. Uh, they had a group down there that's been surfing, like Fushan Beach, and mm -hmm. uh, I hadn't talked these terms in a while but yeah yeah Cowabunga, man. <laughs> I, never, I never see anyone driving around new Orleans with a surfboard strapped on their oh car. yeah yeah i don't i've never seen one person in 24 i've seen one guy the guy who owns the pedalboard yeah. shop yeah, they yeah. Were don't people in the bywater do it to be ironic <laughs> <laughs> good question i've got one more sentence to read here listen to this uh, rob gave all that up when he was diagnosed with a brain tumor and only given six months to live wow yeah that was five months 30 days and 23 hours ago yeah it was pretty so heavy rob's was chosen like to spend his last out. hour of his life very here. very memento and and all that and that's true though you really did have a brain tumor and then he gave you six months to live yeah and that was five months and 29 days ago right wait <laughs> no that was eight years ago so you're a medical marvel i am i'm kind of freaky it's crazy yeah 
We'll get on well, to all that in a minute. I'm, 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 on, I'm on meds right now. and You oh, can tequila. never tell. Tequila and meds. What most of Who us isn't? Are, yeah, I was just going to say. So. What are you on, Mary? Oh, I can't say. Huh? A whole bunch of Dude, she's, she's been stuff. hanging under an orange tree all day, yeah, yeah. and she has exactly. ideas. Got to be on something. Yeah. So, let me introduce you to our musical guest of the day. This band is a band called Swelo. Swelo was actually a man and a band by day. Swelo was a math teacher, the artist originally known as Swelo, whose real name is uh, Augustia. Yep. God, I said it right. <laughs> Augustia Pradhan Shinoi. Is that how you pronounce Very it? Very good. Hey, yeah, pretty wow. good. Uh, Augustia spent his spare time in his room when, uh, making uh, music. <laughs> He's a, actually a school teacher, and he released the product of his extracurricular musings as an album called Escalator Music. The record is a, and it says here, a shockingly stupendous collection of well-written and smartly produced songs that deservedly became an instant internet hit. Wow. Well, I agree with all that. It's a great record. <laughs> Not, however, on YouTube, but of all places, on Reddit. That is really bizarre. Yeah, yeah. It that you became weird. a hit on Reddit, where... I mean, kind of that is the most unhippest. Yeah. That is a very vicious place to hang out. Yeah, exactly. very vicious. A lot of douchebags on Reddit <laughs> out to get you, whatever you put up there. Yeah. So that's pretty amazing. Now, what yeah. happened? You posted it. We'll get on to that. I mean, let me read the rest sure. of this. With a demand to hear Escalator music live, Augustia recruited some other teachers and put together a band. Swelo, the band, has been together now for a few months and have played at venues ranging from the House of Blues to South by Southwest. We're joined today by three members of the live version of Swelo, Augustia, drummer John Holt, and guitarist Andrew Tripoto. And so you guys are all teachers. Yeah, right? that's right. At the yeah. same school? No, different schools. How do you all know each other then? Uh, Is there a teacher union? I guess No, it's uh, Teach for America. Ah, oh, you're all Teach for America yeah, imports. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> okay. So where do you all come from? Well, um, I'm from New Jersey. This is uh, this is John's John. John, okay, you're gonna get this right. This is John the drummer. New Jersey has killer right. surf. I just want to throw that in. There. Okay, it's really. John yeah. Holt Surf, by the way. It's, uh, That's right, sir, Mr. Holt, Mr. John. <laughs> That's right. You came from Jersey City or somewhere in Jersey? Uh, a little bit further west. Um, and then Augusta and I actually went to college together at the University of Massachusetts. Uh huh. And that's where that's where we first started playing together. And then we met Andrew over the summer with the with the Teach for America gig. And we just sort of hit it off right away. Where are you from, Andrew? From Miami, originally. Okay. You look like you could be from Miami. <laughs> Surfer-like, right? Rob? Yeah. What? Um, yeah, Miami's typically what very flat, but it can get epic surf. But it has to have like In Miami. an offshore. Um, usually hurricanes yeah. are what precede it. And Andrew Duhon is here, ladies and gentlemen. The, yeah, man. The sidekick deluxe of Happy Hour. Yeah, who's back the from medium. Where were you last time? Uh, South uh, by Southwest, Texas, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, in Texas. Yeah. Too much Texas. That trip. Too much Texas. Had man. enough of it. Uh, but I saw some absolute, like, lovingly rave reviews of your performances on Facebook, the, at least. The South by deal was good. People loved you. Yeah. yeah. So cool guy. You have a good yeah. audiences and... Yeah, um, Dallas is good, and uh, and uh, Bryan, Texas, which is like college college station, is good. Okay, that's interesting. What, is, what goes on in Bryan? Is it Bryan or Brian? Bryan. It's uh, it's just a town that popped up next to a, a, a railroad, and you know, it's well, yeah. that old school little strip of a of a town. You might be responsible for this then, because when you we look at you know like once in a while someone shows us the stats of who's listening to this, which is there's like three people now. There's a bunch of people listening in Bryan, Texas, and I'm like, what the hell are these people? Who, where's Bryan, Texas? I'd actually never actually asked anyone that. I just looked at the list of names. Yeah. So that's why it's, it's a college it's town. Texas A&M, yeah. Texas A&M. <laughs> God damn it, I never knew that. Johnny well, Football. So hello to everybody listening in Bryan, Texas. Mm -hmm. Good deal. Thanks very much. Okay, so you guys all came here for Teach for America. So the Teach yeah. for America has got like a sort of a mediocre good to bad rap, depending yeah, on who exactly. you talk to around yeah. here. Yeah. Here's yeah. our book. Yeah, oh, the sweet. Book. They'll give it to the teachers. 
Yeah. <laughs> you guys, someone it's has seriously. to read something out of this. I, uh, I do readings at school and presentations. Cool. How old do they, does it go? You know, how old can you read before they start not paying attention? Or oh man, the kids zone out on this book. Seriously. Yeah. I have to almost make on little kids. I have to kind of make up stuff mm -hmm. because it's a little too it's a little too wordy. Yeah. Like I said, I did it as like a that. first person narrative. I kind of wanted it like a Disney vibe where it's like could be cool for little kids and for adults too because it's uh -huh. it's just an eight year old telling you his point of view on life and in Edie's masking. Remember? Does it go in at all to the, the idea of, of or the explanation of why there are Indians in New Orleans? Yes. Sweet. See, that's, you know, it's helpful <laughs> to anybody. Would you read uh, with a pit bull? I would totally, children? I would rub his tummy too, or her tummy. Oh, okay. I like pits. There's a dog in it. Yeah, there is. It's my dog. The child. We, Grant, I lived next to Grant. We, we used to be neighbors years yeah. ago. Well, Chows and Pits have something in common with the breed-specific legislation. Oh, they do. I didn't. I didn't. Hang know. on a well, second. On go back. Go back. Breed-specific legislation. Yeah, there's a number of uh, towns and cities and states that try to particularly exclude pit bulls. But if you have an insurance policy, there's about eight breeds of dogs that you're not supposed to own. Chows, Huskies, believe it or not. Yeah, I don't. Uh, Dobies, Rotties, German Shepherd, Pitts, and I'm probably forgetting a couple others. My dog loves uh, people. He just didn't really like other dogs because, ironically, a stray pit kind of bit him when he was a puppy because he was kind of doing the dominance thing and hopping on the stray dog. I thought it was a neighbor's dog, and the dog snapped at him. And ever since that, he would go off on dogs, but he was more like a lab with other people. He's not a genius, then. He was no, bitten he by was one dog, and then he thought, <laughs> all the, dogs are out to fight. That was the uh, stereotype for Chows, that they say they're one of the dumber breeds. And my uh, daughters used to do the, the test on them where you put a blanket over their head and they're supposed to shake it off. And a, a smarter dog, they say, shakes the blanket off really quick. My dog, Cheyenne, would just like lower his head. <laughs> yeah, it we've, very, we've very it's all over now. And then gravity Sit. would just basically drag the blanket. Otherwise, he just, I mean, he didn't care. We've done that with our dog, and he just assumes that it's nighttime and time to go to bed. <laughs> what, is your, what is your breed? He's a, he's a mix. He's a okay. chocolate lab uh, retriever mix. Okay. Yeah. You got a guest here, and John, John you, and you the, live. The three of us actually live together. You live together like the monkeys. Yep, exactly. exactly. <laughs> oh. Come on, exactly really? not like, like the monkeys. monkeys. Just like the monkeys. I mean, is there a fourth? The monkeys. Is there a fourth um, member of the band? <laughs> yeah, no, there, there's a fourth member. She couldn't make it. Uh, she doesn't live with the, you as well. One female. No, uh, her name's Amberine Huda. She plays the keys and uh, does a mean rendition of Valerie by Amy Winehouse. So okay, and she's that, also a teacher. Yeah, she's she, a teacher too. She's yeah. currently teaching. That's. That's why she couldn't make it. Yeah. What's students we, first? We don't really care about our jobs, so. <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> I'm, I'm okay. Joking. Would you Would you mind if you got fired and had to be a full-time musician? Um, that would be horrible, right? I'm still employed right now, so. <laughs> right. Well, you're, you're all employed, right? Are you employed by Teach for America or employed no, by the school system? No. We're, we're all employed by separate schools. So, yeah. so you went right, through the yeah. Teach for America thing. And yeah, then so all yeah, Teach for America does is, is train you and get you in contact with uh, a school in need. And right. then after that, it's all between you and the school. Well, so the rap against Teach for America is they send all these bright kids here, like you guys, mm -hmm. the smart kids who graduated from college, who don't know anything about teaching whatsoever. Right. Mm -hmm. But now you're actually teachers. Right. Mm -hmm. All of you stayed, which yeah. is... Well... Is that common <laughs> or uncommon? Uh, it's, uh, not, it's not so common, I'd say. Uh, maybe 40%. Less than That's that not state. common, by the way. I don't know if you're a math teacher. But yeah, I am. <laughs> you are a math teacher. <laughs> a math okay, well, 40% so is not, not so common, right? I said not so common. Right. Yeah. Um, he did say that. Okay. <laughs> I heard I'll him. have to roll back the tape in a minute and never listen. Uh, whoa. 
but but the, the the ones that do stay are really really passionate about teaching and so and you guys love teaching well so this is uh john speaking i actually quit after the first year of teaching <laughs> so we we all started in uh the fall of 2012 and I, d I did a full academic year of teaching and then decided that I no longer that, right? wanted, to, wanted to work right. at the school that I, was, that I was placed in. Which was what school? Uh, that was L.B. Landry at the time, which is now Landry Walker High School. Right. And I, um, I sort of took a semester off and did some different things, including dog walking. Ah. So I'm, I'm, uh, I'm happy to hear about the, the dog walking plug, but I'd also like to promote Sarah the Pet Sitter, <laughs> LLC. Okay, well, Sarah the Pitson is going to have to cough up now. <laughs> so I'll see. What schools do you all teach at? I teach at Edna Carr High School on the West Bank. Yeah, I teach at Grace King. Mm -hmm. Are you familiar with those? Those cornhouses? A little bit. A little bit. A little bit. So and what and made and you go? Go on. You go. Uh, well, he teaches at Chalmette. Oh, so you're at Chalmette now. Chalmations. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, that would be a fun school to teach at because it's yeah. half empty, Chalmette. <laughs> it is. It's How many kids do you guys at a quiet... Well, no, I mean, it's, it's, it's a big school. The only reason it's half empty is because they're doing so much expansive construction. I think, I think there's upwards of 2,000 students. Which oh, that's quite a bit. Yeah, it okay. is. Hey, well, you know what we should do before we go any further? If you haven't heard this record, it really is. It's unbelievable how much talent you've got, Augusta. You, you did this whole you. thing by yourself in your bedroom. Yeah, I did. It's, at, it's staggering. It's kind of, I mean, I don't know how people describe it, but it's kind of in the sort of Beck vein. Yeah, is that, does, is that, is that embarrassingly that. bad to say that? No, no, that's fine. It's, it's, and it's, it's as funny good because as Beck. It's funny because I don't listen to Beck, um, and I've heard that comparison a lot, so maybe maybe I have listened to Beck and I just didn't realize No, I don't think it's... I wouldn't you know. say it sounds like him. Yeah. It's just if you want to describe it to somebody and say, what's it like? Am I going to like it? It's not heavy metal and it's not, you know, progressive jazz. It's mm -hmm. kind of... <laughs> so it's Beck. It's kind of like <laughs> indie, smart <coughs> pop, I guess. How, how do you describe it? Um, I also have trouble describing it, but I, I like to just describe it as a blend between um, uh, electronic and hip-hop and indie, maybe. I don't know why you're a school teacher if you can write... You wait till you hear this, Andrew. If you can write and perform stuff like this... <laughs> You need. To, you guys all need to drop out quick. <laughs> what's What's the significance of the name? Of escalator music or no, Swelo. Swelo uh, actually came from. So John mentioned that uh, he and I went to college together, and we were in a band for about three years uh, called Sweat Lodge Records. Um, and those three years really, I, I feel, shaped me musically. And and um, the other two guys that were in that band, Alex Erickson and Dave Jones, are still playing music. So look out for them. Davy Jones is in the monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> We are the monkeys, yeah. Um, but people uh, say that you guys monkey around. Is that true? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, but just just as an uh, homage, I guess to to that band, Sweat Lodge Records, Sway Low, Sweat Lodge. Mm -hmm. um, it came from that. All right. Um, and I I didn't really think it that far through because I didn't expect any success at all. So mm -hmm. kind of stuck with that now. But I'm happy with it. Well, I still feel like you know you guys since you're all teachers, you could go for something you know like the pen protectors or something. <laughs> you know. <laughs> So we'll talk about how you got famous on Reddit in a minute, but first of all, let's have a listen to something. So we can hear something live here today, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what are you going to play and how are we going to set you guys up here? Um, we need to move around a little bit. I think we don't have to move too much. We need much. to make John go sit behind the drums. Yeah. That's a giant snare. Is it? It's a, yeah. it's a, it's a fat snare. Double size? It's brand new, actually. With a pH. <laughs> I'm going to have to take your headphones off on that, John. I think I don't think we'll reach over that yeah. way. John, can you pass me okay. bass, too? I need to get a little bit organized in the meantime. Okay, so when we, we'll take a listen to a song, and then we'll come back and talk about... What should we talk about next, do you think? Cancer? Uh, Treme. Treme. Let's talk about Treme, Treme after this. Yeah. Okay, you ready for that? 
Mira, you can you can make up some stuff in the next. Or orange blossoms and ideas, whatever you think. Whatever I say will be a lie. Nah. Oh, really? Okay, well, that's something to look forward to. Let's see if we can bust you on it. What are you guys going to play? Gustier? <laughs> wow, that's a huge bass as well. Oh, my <laughs> yeah. God. This is uh, great. Yeah, I'm glad we didn't. I usually play. I better a, step back. I usually play ooh, on an upright bass, and um, we weren't sure about this bass. I'm glad. <laughs> You're glad, glad you did. chose this huge. Yeah. Eight-foot-long neck. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Acoustic bass guitar. Uh, so um, we're going to play um, one song that's actually not on the album. Uh, it's called She Don't Know Me. And uh, John and I kind of co-wrote it actually in college, but it's just been it's just a fun song to, to play that we sort of brought it back with us. Um, and we'll see from there what we do. All I think of that night, I could have made you my wife Yeah, and I know, I don't even know your name But I'm hoping, wishing, dreaming that you feel the same Way that I do When I see you Cause you got that smile That knocked me to the ground They should call you Amazing Grace Cause Lord, I've been found But I must be in hell Cause you still don't know me And I only get attention from girls that I don't need That's right, cause I need you like a plant Need water to live and I Everything till there's no more to give Yes, I'll go along with you till I'm cold and stiff No, please don't call me Romeo Cause I'd be better than him So just give me a sign or let you know I'm alive No more walking around without batting your eye I'm drowning in your ocean, won't you throw me a line And if not, I'll still be singing just spitting these rhymes Like... You go just hoping to catch your eye. Yes, I come and carry your books for you. Just call this junior high, but yo, I cheer captain. I'm not even in the bleachers. Man, love never comes swift. So tailor a suit and call the teacher. With my PhD and loan me, and don't require to love me. And gas me, we be homies. Go to parties just to know the pain. I'm not existing with no invisibility cloak. And if that makes me snake your lily, and that's all that lady wrote like them. I wish that I could show you who I am. Want you to know that I could be your man. Doesn't look like you will ever understand who I am like them. I wish that I could show you who I am. Want you to know that I could be your man. Doesn't look like you will ever understand who I am like them. I wish that I could show you who I am. Want you to know that I could be your man. Doesn't look like you will ever understand, girl. So here I am, girl, singing. Woo-hoo. 
Yes. Yeah. Right. Swalo. Nice. Nice. Uh, so that was called She Don't Know Me. Um, it's not on a record anyway. We not, can't download uh, that. Actually, it is on YouTube. Um, but it's, no, it's not, we don't have a kind of a studio version of right. that yet. Um, but that will be coming up soon. Okay. So, what do you guys think? Andrew, what do you think of that? That was cool, I, man. I, I was shocked. I don't know I about the Beck thing. No, it's I didn't hear that. I don't know. The Beck. It's more, yeah, yeah. Surfy, yeah. Because yeah. like Sublime I would have bought. But Sublime but is a great uh, mm-hmm. comparison as well. Yeah. But it's, do you get the feeling something's going on here? Oh, yeah, it's great. It's, yeah. been, it's been interesting um, kind of translating the album to a, a live band because um, it originally was just me and sort of my synthesizer yeah, yeah. and, you know, my nerd glasses and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. um, and then once once it became popular and we were getting calls and uh, or I was getting calls asking to play live, I realized that um, it's probably necessary that I get a band together. So sure. it's been a really interesting experience, kind of re, almost rewriting the songs so that they fit mm-hmm. with with live instruments. So, so if you were to do a full production live show, would it not include some of the electronic elements? Um, we we try as best as possible. So we've got uh, Amberine, our, our piano player. Um, she has sort of a synthesizer that's hooked up to a computer, so we can get some of those sounds that mm-hmm. way, and then effects pedals and things like that. So yeah. it's definitely. Um, a lot more, I guess I'd say raw mm-hmm. than the than the album because the album's very um, produced. And yeah. You know, um, but we've gotten good uh, feedback from it, so it's it's fun almost playing completely different songs, uh, knowing that people will, re- will recognize it from the album, but it's a, a completely different take on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very cool. So the album is called Escalator Music, which yeah. of course is funny in itself. Yeah. Very good. So <laughs> we're going to hear another. Cu- we're trying to fit another couple of songs sure, in sure. during the course Definitely. of the of the, of the hour if we can squeeze them in. So now we're talking about Treme, right? Why not? Question number one goes to you, Andrew. You know, um, I haven't seen it. Ah. I you never saw Treme. What school did you go to? I'm, I'm embarrassed to say. What? You well, be what, what, what? UMass. I, I live. That, that's right. <laughs> yeah. UMass is making its its first uh, NCAA appearance in, in quite some time tomorrow. Oh, well, by the time anyone listens to this, it could be three years <laughs> later. So I'm sure <laughs> they won. Right. That's right. Did you guys watch Treme as well? I've, I've seen a few episodes. I haven't, I haven't watched it religiously. Like, I know it does have a quite a religious following, and, and I'd like to watch a lot more. You mean like a lot of the people who watch are Christian? <laughs> is that what you're saying? No, <laughs> no I, mean, I mean like watch uh, Treme. Watch it religiously. Yeah, understand. watch it religiously. I'm just yanking you. <laughs> Andrew, did you see it, Tripoda? I've seen a few episodes, right. but again, yeah. not as. Well, you guys are like too busy to be... Watching TV every Sunday night. It was on Sundays, right? No, I think this just reflects our demographic. That's the problem. <laughs> How yeah. many people did watch it, actually, Mary? How would I know? Aren't you paid by the number of people watching? Is it just there's no, no, there's no commission? Check. Probably like seven billion, right? Seven billion. <laughs> yeah. Worldwide. Well, no, plus I, I think <laughs> if they bought the DVDs, I w- wouldn't be here. Ah, you get paid. Oh, you, you get residuals for DVD know. sales. Mm-hmm. Okay, so how many people really watched it? Do you really not know that? Do we not know if it was a big hit? Was it a smash hit? We have no idea. Living in New Orleans, you think that the whole world's in love with it. Mm-hmm. But what, is it really popular or what? I don't get the numbers. I'm not you don't even care? That's above my pay grade. <laughs> Can't anyone find out those numbers? Well, don't they tell you? They really don't tell you that. They don't tell they you do. that. Congratulations to people who make these TV shows, whoever you work for, David Simon and Eric Overmeyer. They don't call you up and say, your episode was a super smash hit. Four million people watched it or nobody watched it or something. No. No, because the numbers don't work like that anymore. Because you have you have HBO Go, you have mm. different platforms. People don't necessarily watch on Saturday night; they'll DVR it, or mm. so the numbers d- aren't compiled like 
in the old days. They right. Have a different way of doing. But aren't they adding them accounting. up? They add them up, but I frankly you know, no. don't care. I had a trouble with the show because I wanted to escape. <laughs> yeah. And after Katrina, it was like you get oh, clean it up and all the stress <laughs> of that. It was just like, oh, man. More like, of this shit. Yeah, I'd rather right. watch some superhero in tights <laughs> run around. Or yeah. For me, it was a relief. Okay. Because it wasn't my story. It was David and Eric's. Because uh, I was here those days. The federal flood bomb exploded. So it was a way to kind of work through the yeah, my yeah, own post-traumatic yeah, stress gotcha, disorder. Because yeah. it wasn't my story. Uh, but then I got hit. I, I, I got hit with the big crime episode, though. That was a little bit. Oh. Tough to write. Which one was that? What happened? It opens with Daenerys Shaver's Shaver's uh, funeral and uh, the Helen Hill murder and ends on the crime march, oh. which is a very happy time in our history. Well, that's a pretty upbeat episode you yeah. had to write there. <laughs> very upbeat. <laughs> yeah, I got a little too sad. I had to change the channel. Mm. Well, then I guess the show was working. No, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. It definitely worked. It, like it was that. just like, ah. It's actually a lot of schools are studying it. Mm -hmm. I'm, talking, I I'm talking on Sunday to a school from Michigan. That's doing a panel, and wow. the folklore s society has did a panel. What class do they teach it in? I don't know. I Social just, studies I just or said English? Yeah. Well, I think they do it in ethnographic, uh, folk history, folklore. That's a class history. in high school now. Ethnographic, <laughs> ethnographic no, folk history. College, college. Ethnographic folk history is a class. Is I that right? I was, I was saying it, it, it should be an AP class. No, <laughs> it should be. Advanced placement. That's right. I was hoping well, that somebody would explain this. Maybe we can work something out. Are you guys going to stay in education and work your way through the system and stay teaching, or are you going well, to actually? It's, it's hard to say. Um, is it? There's, I mean, there's there's so well, many great, drummer, great course, things so about the job. I mean, you know, it, it, it definitely sort of allows us the the, the open schedule yeah. to it's, date it's high school girls. For <laughs> yeah. what, what do you mean open schedule? Don't you have to be teaching? Well, yeah, but, but I mean, what, it's, you, know, it's you can uh, just say I'm leaving. It's, it's three o'clock. You're out of here right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're not teaching, you know, from May until the beginning of August. So that's that true. Gives, that gives us a lot of time too. That's yeah. true. Okay, uh, but it's rewarding in ways beyond uh, the freedom. <laughs> well put. I'm sure it <laughs> is. Well, I, I, What's in I, young I, minds? I, I teach at LSU, so I have the same opinion that you do. I'm sure. Mm -hmm. <laughs> love it. <laughs> but but you enjoy teaching, don't you? Though I mean, you enjoy watching teaching. What don't you like? The politics and grading? Mm, and driving to As Baton a state Rouge. employee, I can't say what else I don't like. Oh, uh, really? There's, there's well, I'm sure you all could guess. There's limits, on your there's limits on your freedom if you're a teacher? The, as a state freedom employee, of expression? there's a limit. Yeah. You can't speak. I thought we had a constitution. You can't say what you think. Not as it's a like state employee. It's like the no. Soviet Union. You can only speak as an individual. It is, a little bit. Well, I'm not asking you as a representative of the state. I'm asking you as an individual. Right. Well, how do you, how do you like it? Love it, right? No, I answered that question. I said, okay, what's the question? I don't what, are the p what are the things you don't like that you can't politics, say? I politics, you can't say anything about. This well, is well nobody I likes the governor. I'm, I'm we know that. Well, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> but you can't say that even? You already, I didn't have to say it. You can't say it. You can't say Bobby Jindal's a fucking idiot. I wouldn't say that. <laughs> because, you're a, because you're a professor. Because I'm That's discreet. terrible. <laughs> but what, could someone else say that? Or aren't you allowed else, to? I think everybody else is saying it. In the right. state of well, Louisiana. they are. No one <laughs> likes Jindal, but you can't say that because you're a state employee. Is that true, though, for a minute? Just for be serious for you, one second. I would think if well, to let you go, you could like sue him, couldn't you? I would say that it wouldn't be politic to say certain things mm. if you are trying to accomplish certain things. So I would say, like getting paid, for example. you can't go in front of the state legislature, for instance, unless you had the approval of the university or let's say there was gun legislation. 
okay. at LSU, uh, um, allowing guns onto the campus. And Amen. I, and so I brought, <laughs> <it>. <laughs> I brought to which, mine. To which I'm, I'm opposed. <laughs> to which I'm opposed. I would have to. I couldn't go in front of them as a professor at LSU without getting approval from LSU to talk in front of the state legislature. Mm. As an individual, I could call up my Congress, uh, my state reps, and say I'm against it. What's the point of having tenure? I thought tenure gave you the security to do anything you want, and they couldn't fire you. I work in a different way. A, I'm I'm an unreliable narrator, so I will say that. Well, you said you were going to lie about everything. So that's true. I did say that, or did I? Yes. Okay. (laughs) And I also believe in. Pardon the expression, backdoor diplomacy. Ooh. Not quite sure. That's <laughs> illegal yeah, in Louisiana. Yeah, it is that right you can now. get arrested for, <laughs> for certain. Mm. I'm sure they're doing it in the halls of Congress. The backdoor oh, diplomacy. Okay. Well, that's very enigmatic. So there's certain limits on your freedom if you're a state employee well, with I a tenured professor. Would, that's would horrifying, frankly. Would, no, I'm saying that this is my philosophy. Okay. I, I think that there are better ways to achieve certain goals than antagonizing in yes. public. But not as fun. Pardon? <laughs> not as fun. Oh. I, I, I'm just kidding. I think Sorry it's actually more fun the other oh, way. Oh, okay. Could, you know, weaving a web, oh. attacking and being hmm. stealth. Sneaky. Yeah, sneaky. Like good. a pit bull. Sneaky like a pit bull. Hey, I'm defending the breed here. How did you get to be rescuing pit bulls? Well, there's a wonderful author and human being named Ken Foster. And when you meet Ken, you get a pit bull. Okay. <laughs> it's kind of like a special. Uh, in New Orleans, it's kind of the national, the city mascot. There's so many. And uh, let me just go on record as saying many pit bulls are actually not pit bulls. Pit bulls are pit bull like, looking like dogs. Is this true? And you're yes. saying this on behalf of yourself, not the state no, of No, it's actually many dogs. <laughs> many pit bulls are not pit bulls. Right. They just okay. look like pit bulls. Right. And they're actually a combination of other dogs that have terrier in them. So and, they're not and purebred maybe. pit bulls is what you're saying. Well, I don't think there is such a thing as a purebred So there's no such thing as a pit bull. <laughs> <laughs> Essentially, probably not getting down to because I don't think it's even a recognized Was it Westminster? Breed. They've got to have a pit bull on it, though. I, they, oh, don't. they probably don't. They don't? No. It's yeah. not a real not recognized not, not I did not know that. Yeah. Wow. Augusti, how do you know that? I have a Karen Terrier. It looks like Toto. A Karen Terrier. I'm well, Karen Terriger, well, that was a winner. He's vicious. Oh, he yeah. was? I didn't know I that. Think no, I'm just kidding. Mine's yeah. not, I, his yeah. name is Buddha, but he doesn't really live up to it at all. Mm. <laughs> He's okay. the one you should put the blanket over his head. He won't He's, move. He'd shake it off. <laughs> Ever. Yeah. So, Augusti, how do you know about the pit bull breed? you have a um, pit bull as so, well? So, no, I'm a teacher, and one thing that you learn to do is just BS everything. So, ah. um, I was just BSing right there. You don't know, yeah. any, know anything about pit bulls. Yeah, no. well, I do okay. want to say something about pit bulls, which is actually quite, um, for all you pit bull owners out there who are listening, and in the, uh, pardon me while I get the correct information, the org, which you can go to, if you have any dog, non breed specific we are doing a vaccination clinic low cost five dollars a shot at the in the lower ninth ward on march 30th okay 2014 yes just in case the end of this month okay people listen to these shows for years back and forth so oh well march 30th 2014 if you want to get a free shot for any kind of dog well, it's five dollars a shot five dollars free heartworm vaccination and low-cost meds and free spay neuter 
uh, in the area code 70117 from the SPCA. And if you have a pit bull, we do free spay neuter. But if you're listening months in advance, go to the www.sulufoundation.org because we do Sula, S-U-L-A, because we just actually did a clinic in Central City, uh, I think last month. And we do them about four or five a year in um, uh, areas that need help. So you're deep into this thing then. You're doing clinics? I really believe in the bond that is built between human and animal and the best way to heal and teach nonviolence is through animals. And mm. part of that way is teaching health and education. So outreach into the community is good, and plus it helps people keep their dogs, which uh, decreases stray dogs, which... I think a lot of it relates to like the origins of man. I mean, we wouldn't be where we're at without dogs. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the sync up with that Eating our early crap. on. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, just everything. Warning us when uh, we predators were coming and, really? and everything. You, you think the it was just in Cosmos. I mean, I was going to say Cosmos, but it, <laughs> I, or Cosmos. No, the show Cosmos, that TV show that just came back on. You know, the about the, the about the, yeah, about the yeah. They had like a little yeah. uh, animation on the front end about man and and dogs and the huh. importance of that sync up. Plus, it's good for stress. And how we basically modified, just like we do, almost everything that we eat nowadays has been modified to our taste, mm-hmm. and just like dogs have, right. dogs are genetically are the most easily modified animal in existence wow it's like all that came from one wolf all these different breeds all these different sizes from mm-hmm. one kind of genetic thing that we just cross bred for our pleasure mm-hmm. which is really sick when you think about <laughs> it <laughs> but so cute but pit bulls in new orleans pit bulls used to be like a symbol like a young black guy would have a pit bull to make other people scared of them. Chain. Well, let's go back in time now it seems to be good looking white women have got well pit bulls. let's go back you mm-hmm. notice that but it used to be yes. America's nanny. Pit bulls were... Really? Yeah. They guarded the... And Sergeant cradle. Stubby was a pit bull that was a Marine, and he was one of the most decorated animals. That's just, that's true, right? Yes, that's true. It was like Even in though World now it's a bulldog, that's their logo. He, he was, he was he a was pit, bull. pit bull. And America's... And the little rascals, they had a, a pit Really? Bull. So how do they get the reputation? Because when they got... Uh, when the p- drug dealers were tired of Rottweilers, they switched breeds to pit mm. pitties, pibbles, poor little pibbles. Huh. But how they get to be vicious? They're not vicious. They're not vicious. In the right. sense of no, any, That's what any, every pit bull owns. Well, I think anybody gets vicious if you beat them and then yeah. and you breed know, right. them. work them. Right. We'd all get kind of biting I mean, at each other. And, yeah. you know, Yorkies yeah. and chihuahuas right are <laughs> little ankle biters. They're just right. tiny. The only time you ever see anyone who had their face bitten off, it's a pit bull, though, usually. Well, isn't I know you're rolling your eyes, but that is true, right? I isn't am it rolling just my eyes. Pit bulls are just more like susceptible to being molded, is my understanding. So you can mold them negatively or positively, you know. Especially through the media. It's like children. <laughs> what? <laughs> like children. You don't hear about the schnauzer exactly. that bit off the face. You only hear about the pit bull that bit off the face. Right. Or the golden retriever. Well, yes. every, which has bit I mean, off a face. Well, Nicole I had a, can tell I had you. a golden retriever bite right through my hand. Hmm. For real. Wow. And that never made it in the paper. <laughs> I couldn't understand it. I thought that would be in front page news. It, it wasn't a pit bull, so it was no news. Yeah. Hey, listen, we have to move on and play another song. Sure. What do you think? Let's do it. Okay. What sort of a thing are you going to play for us this time? Um, country, I guess. And then we're going to yeah. come back and Rob, we're going to come back and talk about you afterwards. Okay. Thank okay. You. Uh, we're going to play a song that is on the album. That is. Yeah. Awesome. Which one? And it's called Country Road. Okay. Yeah. You hear that, John? Yeah. <laughs> what do we need to do here? Okay. Oh, is this like real country road here? 
I love uh, that song. No, not that song. Too late to have long West Virginia. <laughs> Mountain Mo. I like the uh, Jamaican one, too, on it. John oh, there's Denver there's some mixes, man. There's some remixes. Three, So I can solve them And when I don't work I drink some more Cause that's another problem See I've been running around In circles Trying to figure this shit out Yeah I've been blocking out All your voices But your shit is too young Yes I'm tired of hearing this I'm tired of hearing that I'm tired of hearing You're doing the wrong But I keep on saying It's good that You try to box me in But I keep busting out Or you can call me Grace Brown Look at me now Cause I'm shooting the beats Of the tongue Or a killable look I fit in like Every last syllable Bad my eloquence Beautiful lyrical minds Of the passengers Words for me Open your mind and let it all out Open your life and let go of doubt Take up your crimes and throw them all out Now put up your hands, that's what it's about uh, You can find me on the head country road It's the only road that I'm gonna go They say the road to heaven is paved with gold But I don't need no gold to die And you can find me on the head city street With a half-empty bottle and some ripped of jeans You know, I don't believe in your The whole concept is fixing me Cause we all gon' die eventually And if it turns out I'm wrong Then I'm wrong to see So if I go or I don't Don't matter to me Cause I know you're gonna be good company And that's all I need It's a comfort to me So I say do what you want I guess what I'm singing is song Cause if you don't do what your heart says to Then stuff's not the wrong Go on, break up I'll be confined If you locked up minds If you used up round That girl be fine That girl be mine That girl be fine Time to time to time Get it? No I don't think you do. I think that all that matters is the brand of your shoe. Listen to the rattle of your chain sound too. Or this one's really smell like poo. Ooh, damn, jeez. Oh God, if you found some gruff, would you make me hot? Would you like me better with a fancy car? Cause the words only count when money's involved, right? Wrong, at least I wish it was. Instead we got games with beach fuzz. Instead we got kids smoking weed cuz. They favorite rappers say they feel drugs, but they don't. We know that they know too. They're just trying to make a song. Well, I am too. So just try to sing along this beat and two. Give a minor and one and two and. You can find me on the city street. 
Swelo, S-W-E-L-O, off the album Escalator Music, live here on Happy Hour. Thank you, guys. Wow, that's amazing that you can just sit there and do that. Even remember all those lyrics is incredible. Is that on the album, too? Yeah, that is actually on the album. That's on Escalator Music, which is free on Bandcamp, I believe. And also there's a link to it on our website. It's New Orleans. If you'd like to shoot some money my way, there's also iTunes and, you know, all those things. But Bandcamp is a more fun way to... You can pay for it if you want to, but otherwise you get it free off Bandcamp. Yeah, exactly. It's really... It's an, it's an astoundingly good record, I have to thank say. Thank you, thank you. And definitely check it out uh, because, for example, that song sounds very, very different on the album. Right. Um, and it's, it's cool to be able to, like I said, uh, play the completely two different I mean, y'all versions. are so acoustic right now, it's hard to... Yeah. Wait till you hear it, Rob. You're going <laughs> to love it. What? Yeah. yeah it's I mean, I it's amazing. The electronic aspect of it sounds... Yeah. So the lyrics of that song, you know, you know when something happens to you, you know when you've just broken up with somebody mm-hmm. and you hear the lyrics about the heartbreak, it, it, you know, mm-hmm. it hits you. Rob, when you hear a lyric like that, something like, I'm going to go to hell when I die, and things about dying, (laughs) what is that? I mean, you were sentenced to death at some point in your life, eight years ago. You you had six months left to live. What what does it make you feel like now when you hear lyrics like that? I don't know. It makes kind of like, what's the point in a weird way, but in like in a positive way? I mean, there's no real, I don't know. It really was some Mm. serious life searching because before that, I kind of felt like most people, you're bulletproof and, you know, you're you're not staring, you know, dying and stuff like that. And I had two kids, so I basically would just tell my doctors, like, listen, I want to get through this. And, uh, but yeah, it was, it was definitely weird. But you were diagnosed with a malignant it's a, brain tumor. It was tumor. a GBM, which is like a category four. There's no five. It's, it's basically, wow. and it's in your brain. So it's like a blood brain barrier. So it's basically just chewing up. So I have a big, like a, from surgery, a big hole in my brain or my right frontal lobe. And it has certain things that I have difficulty with, uh, I had paralysis on this side of my body for a long time, and, and then I couldn't really finish sentences or stay on point. It was very like memento, like where you can't, mm-hmm. like short-term kind of memory. Wow. And I'd go through seizures, and I'd kind of wake up in weird positions, and I'd have to piece together what happened to me. And so that was like prior to me getting the actual surgery and getting on proper meds that luckily for me, they control it. For a lot of people, they don't. If you don't mind me asking, do you feel like um, after the surgery, your personality changed at all? What I think my wife, my wife, (laughs) my wife thinks so, because I don't show it as much. And most doctors that know my case history or know about me, they just it doesn't really add up because I go to MD Anderson and they don't have anybody uh, alive that's like me. And I tried to go out and find somebody else that had like a a GBM, um, and I couldn't do it. And that was kind of weird. And it just when Mm. I go there and they show you MRIs of your brain and you have like a big black spot it right. kind of hits you kind of sad it's like something that's lost but mm-hmm. i'm very grateful but i mean it's something to take with just your moment and just trying to live in your moment i'm not very good at it but and they're all kind of epiphanies you're like ah oh, it's like you know some acid trip where you're like oh, i'm gonna remember this forever this this beautiful moment and how just stoked i am and then it's like you know like everything else you kind of forget mm-hmm. so it's a constant you know staying in your practicing in it. do but they yeah. do they know why you're alive i think it's all just very up to each every cancer with almost anybody is all unique and we also all have cancer in us right now it's just your antibodies are kicking it out and but but you're the only survivor you're the only I'm person not, on the record the who's only survivor. Well, you can't find anybody else you said and well, they I can't mean, find MD Anderson. <laughs> anyone's listening who survived a gbm yeah, yeah, malignant Let's brain talk. tumor a lot of the people out there they can't really communicate as well and they can't they can't function wow um 
So, so what is it about your particular case that's given you like complete I, I asked recovery? The guy, and I also asked the guy, why aren't you doing more people like me? I think part of the reason was I, bare, I was young enough and strong enough to get through it. I mean, it just eroded me. And um, it, uh, as a guy, sorry, I just blanked out right there. <laughs> did, they, uh, did you have to go through chemo and radiation yeah, I as did, well? Yeah, uh, I did like three rounds of chemotherapy, radiation, and uh, like two brain surgeries. Oh, Lord. Wow. Yeah. And so my whole family, we relocated. I'm married and I've got two kids. So we relocated to MD Anderson to start treatment. Which is the best place. Well, they actually, the cancer got worse there. Really? <laughs> so then it's like you go through all these procedures and surgeries and you're really working hard and you're like, give me all this stuff, you know. And um, then like they bring you into this room and they show you, okay, it's worse. And it's like uh, you could do the extra treatments. They have all these like, you know, secret kind of therapies and there's all kind of like rules and regulations on who gets what and what has you. So it's real important when you have cancer is you don't do anything that excludes you from other treatments until the very end. So you want to get as much and all this stuff is toxic. Like I've talked to some people that didn't do radiation like I did because, you know, duh, I mean, you don't radiation causes cancer. Mm -hmm. So it's like so much of the stuff they do to you. They're trying to get you almost as sick as possible and weak because, as I understand it, the cancer needs to feed. And mm. so if you, get the can if you get the body weak, then the cancer gets weak. And my, my tumor was so large that they were kind of theorizing that it needed so much fuel, and it just basically kind of imploded and kind oh. of died off. So. Did you see it shrinking over time, or did they just cut it all out? No, they can't cut it out. I mean, it's your brain. I mean, what they can do, they, they, they try and extract it. Yeah, they did, but they try and extract as much as they can. But basically with brain tumors, uh, because of the way a, a cancer kind of has fingers and splinters out, they try and get as much as they can. But then it's, you know, like a double-edged thing. They're, they're moving stuff from your brain. So, mm. um, so then you, that's why the radiation and, and like when they did my surgery right after Katrina over at Oshner, it was all high fives, and my initial brain surgeon's nickname was God. <laughs> <laughs> and so it was like, oh, everything is great. You know, I survived it, and I thought I was done. And then they tell me, like, the next day, it's like, well, you know, now you've got to go into, uh, you know, radiation treatment and chemotherapy because we can't, you know, get it all. It's like, well, God, y'all yeah. didn't even tell me that. But yeah. it happened so quick. Yeah. Like, I got literally, when they saw my MRI, I was just having bad headaches and migraines and forgetting stuff. And I eventually went in. Um, and we knew a radiologist, so he just kind of ushered us in. And then he wouldn't even talk to us. He just walked out of the room, and he went and got that head brain surgeon. He said, listen, you've got a large brain tumor. He took my wife and I back in the back room and showed us on a monitor my brain. It's like, that's all uh, cancer. It's like, you've got to have surgery, like, right away. So it was, like, literally for me to wow. think I'm having bad headaches or something like that to me having brain, brain cancer. cancer. Yeah. Did they tell you then that you, that the median age, the median lifespan is another six months from this minute? They didn't. That was only until after the surgery when I saw Oshner's uh, radiologist, and I just didn't get a good vibe at that. And I was like, okay, no. <laughs> second opinion. Wow. Well, the other the positive thing is the, they're finding out more and more that the brain rewires itself. Yeah, I definitely think so with me. I definitely. Well, you yeah. seem to be completely as normal as you've ever yeah, been. You yeah, yeah. Well, I've always been kind of spacey and, and really kind of so. You, you know, have a surf shop, surfer so dude. Maybe that was the cancer was. Yeah, always, that's convenient. And I always <laughs> polluted myself too mentally, so I was. <laughs> I always thought I was in training for this. So. <laughs> and they have no idea what causes these things, right? There's no. Yeah, nothing. I think it's. I think it was stress for me. Really? Yeah, I, I went through just a real. I kind of was breaking away from making art and 
doing the things that I loved, and and I, I was just kind of in a hel- unhealthy place, and it lowers your uh, immunity. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly, and then it allows the cancer to get hold because right. they say it's not really genetic. I think stress is accountable yeah, for a lot of things. Stress causes everything. Yeah. yeah. Was there ever a period in human history when we didn't have stress? School teachers? <laughs> nope. <laughs> Maybe between uh, between May and, and September every year. <laughs> <laughs> but in, in human history, have we have we <laughs> always had stress? I mean, when we were a caveman, were yeah. we stressed out because we I couldn't find so. anything to eat? People I mean, died earlier yeah. then. That's true. Well, you die of hunger, I guess, if you... But also, I think the compounding of chemicals and agents that we inhale every day, in addition to the stress, yeah. is, is right. breaking down the immunity, which is obviously uh, dealing with infertility in animals and humans is having a big impact. Yeah. Or even, like, cell phones. It's like I notice yeah. I have right front... So I'm, my cell phone's on that side of the brain. I bought one of those crazy-looking uh, handheld pieces because it... Uh, dissipates the radiation coming oh, off your wow. phone because you'll notice your phone gets hot. You know when you're using yeah. a lot, yeah. that's radiation. Yeah, and you're just smushing that against your head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not only that, but I've heard that technology giving you the capability to do more kind of like requires you to do more. Also, so there's increased stress just because like. Yeah, but you make up all your stress. Right. Stress is just, right. it doesn't exist. I mean, that's just all in your head. Mm. What's your advice now that you've been through this then to anyone listening and to us? To decrease stress and to have be happy. Yeah. You How? S- well, I think part of it is don't things take things so seriously. Accept yourself for who you are and what you are, and, and it's good enough. You know. You said you said after that tune, you know, the the notion of death and your your immediate knee jerk sentiment was, what? N- n- I did, well, my immediate thing was just my two girls because they were really young. I mean, now they're 11 and 14, and I was just really didn't want to leave them like their dad had died and with that baggage right. I mean right. that's the, the only thing mm-hmm. I thought of really and and then it's like you know you're gonna die it's like what's more important quality or quantity I mean it's mm-hmm. like I think a lot of us we get too obsessed with like living mm-hmm. yeah. I mean it sounds kind of freaky but I mean we're all gonna die we're all going <laughs> <the same place. laughs> we're gonna we're gonna rot you know I mean, have you got an opinion everybody you love everybody you know have you got an opinion on what's gonna happen to you after you die not not you personally but all of us do we continue? Do we continue living? Do I we kind of think so. I think like there's that core. Like I've been, you know, I don't know. I try. And you must I, have I'm thought like about a, this. Yeah, is why yeah. I'm well, I think you. like underneath everything, there's like this core kind of thing, and the whole ego thing that we all associate with ourselves and the chatter we hear in our brains is all just kind of like, you know, bullshit. Yeah, total bullshit. The only thing that's underneath that kind of hears that chatter, I think that's kind of like an eternal kind of thing. That's the self. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Awareness. I don't know what. I don't know what it's called. But and do you get a chance to have these conversations with people? But I mean, it's almost like doesn't matter because that's not like this possessive thing. Like, oh, I want to live, or I want, you know, that's like you almost let go of that. And I think that's where you can kind of find some kind of peace. Mm-hmm. You know, practice. I'm still working on it. <laughs> <laughs> if you talked to me yesterday, I'm like, I was a wreck. I was like, I need to find a Zen temple. <laughs> <laughs> I was seriously like, like trying to look that up. Yeah. It's like I go through these like manic things just constantly. As like writing, I remember writing this book, and I was like, I would go through one day where I'd write it, and I was like, this is total shit. It's like, I hate every, this thing is so stupid. And then the next day, I'm like, oh, man, this is pretty good. Well, as a professional <laughs> writer, Mary, that's probably common, though, right? It is common. Yeah. It's not I just think, you. I, I don't think, think that I'm was as bipolar answer. as you are. <laughs> so I, I recommend a blooming orange, orange wow. tree. Wow. Sit underneath the yeah, orange tree it. outside Castle I think Borrego. so much with nature, getting out in nature, it's like you look at how animals act. I mean, it's a very, you're not thinking about stuff all. I think the main problem is thinking. Hmm. 
So let's never think Still again. Think, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's why we're such a That's why we work in radio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you work in radio, it's pretty easy not to think. Or hang out at bars. You know, hang out at bars. What like do you think about that? The, the self-medication of alcohol and drugs? Well, this I is mean your third I, beer or something. Well, it's right. my... Don't Se- say that out second, loud because they, they count my... my uh, I do that? Well, my wife does. Okay. <laughs> okay, this is your first beer. No, I was trying to... I was even going to start writing because I'm really bad because... Uh, like writing two, like, so I keep myself at two. You can't drinks. remember how many you've had. Yeah, I can't. Jesus, what a great thing. I'm sorry. I don't know. No, I, mean, I had I, a brain I tumor. Went out, I went out right before Mardi Gras. I didn't do much anything. And I just hit all my clubs I used to go to in the French Quarter as a kid. And I mean, that's one of the reasons I fell in love with this place. Because I came from like Charleston, where you, it was like real strict. I mean, it's like you were partying at people's houses. Here, it's like when I came as a kid, I could go to bars. And I'm like, oh, this is great. I love it here. Mm. And, uh, but yeah, so I, you no, went I back to all these places over Mardi Gras. Yeah, yeah, no, right before right. it was just I went to some meet and greet because I was trying to get because this I originally thought more of as a short film. Oh, cool. yeah. So I, I have I, enough I, screenwriter I sitting yeah, right to my left. Well, I, I wrote a, a screenplay too, and I, I, I actually made the movie. But oh. you made the movie? Yeah, but I didn't transfer. I'm always bad with like the details of stuff, and I didn't. I did it on a Final Cut or something like that on my Mac, and I didn't want to read that. Big ass manual. Uh, so yeah. So, you <laughs> so saw I, did it, I did it on the fly, <laughs> and uh, it kind of worked. And no one reads the manual on those yeah. things. <laughs> what, which version? Final. It was pretty old. Like uh, I did this about maybe. Yeah, but you can spit it. You can. Yeah, that's what my friend said. He's you really can he like it. teaches. Yeah, but well, why don't you? Ha- he, well, yeah, you got the hookup, dude. No, it's not. I wanted to do another one. No. I mean, it's pretty cool. I'll show it to you. What did you shoot it on? You have like a fancy uh, camera? A Canon XL1. I actually went and bought a CP16, like a film camera, but then I was like, looked at the transfer and the mm-hmm. develop. It's like uh-huh. too crazy. It's like, I like video too. It's easy, instant grad. So, yeah. um, so it was a Canon XL1. You know, so the book's and the I got like, you know, the boom. And I had a dat recorder. Oh, you're like, like really going to make a real movie yeah. here. Huh? You can make a real movie. You yeah, made a no, real I movie. Made a movie. Yeah, it's on. So like what U- state is it in now? Is it finished? Well, it was originally called How I Killed River Phoenix, and it was supposed to be kind of autobiographical, like how I killed my artistic career, because it was run on the transition of me getting out of a school at Loyola in art, where we did the Galactic Prophylactic, mm-hmm. which you guys are going right there. <laughs> but now I don't think it was Galactic Prophylactic, was it? Yeah, that's I, what the original name I of the band. It, wouldn't that just we accidentally called them? It was something else. I'm pretty sure it was called that originally. Well, it's a good, it's a good name. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what we all said, but I'm pretty sure it wasn't because I said that to one of the guys one time. Yeah. He says, and he said we should have called ourselves that, but it's not. It wasn't. Where do I, Where do we get that? From? I don't know. I think that. Did was, we make it that It sounded up? like prophylactic, but it wasn't. It was. Okay. <laughs> I thought that was the original title. But I mean, what well, why don't we Google it? It's got to be on Wikipedia. It sounds like something you would say, Grant. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that's what the name of the yeah. band. Anyway, we've got to get out of here in a minute. Let's just, the, the name of the book is Spy Boy Cheyenne and 96 Crowns by Rob Owen. If you've stuck with us this far and you're wondering what it is, there's a link to it on our website. And it's really, is, it's the, one of the prettiest books, children's books ever printed, right? Yes. Published, it is. I Very say. true. Published by I've heard Pelican. people say that. I, I, I wouldn't say that, but I can I, that. if people are going to say that, I'm not going to deny it. It's an awesome book. And the, the, record, the record Escalator Music by the Swelo Band. Do you want to sneeze, Augusta? Yes, Ooh, you can. It. Good job. <laughs> I think we're out of time. Should we, should we just play one more song at the hell with the time, Chris? Could you or spell what? the name of the band? Sure. S-W-E-L-O. And you can do check we, out. Do we all have card? We need to do all like a card swap here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I want to hear, hear the well, electric stuff too. Okay, yeah. well, hey, just look. Go to the link on our site. It's okay. norms.com right. or. 
go to Bandcamp. I can't yeah. remember or iTunes. anything, Grant. I've, I've I'll send you an email <laughs> afterwards. Let's, we're, just, we're going to go way over time here. Let's just listen to one more song sure, because sure. we're here and it would be just Definitely. great to do. And then Andrew's going to read some stuff out of the book for mm-hmm. us afterwards for a I'll special bonus. I'll show you the bonus. before I turn the page. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what song are you going to play, gentlemen? Uh, we're going to play a song called Brighton, which is also on the album. Um, Okay, there's a cool there's a cool video to this too that I saw. Yeah, this uh, there's a cool video, uh, and it's um, just this past uh, spring and summer, I just went around with my iPhone and pretty much recorded everything that my friends and I were doing in New Orleans, and then cut it up and uh, set it to this music. Mm. So it's on YouTube. So check it out. It's called Brighton. Who love 
I do, didn't care about the fame But now it's gimme, give gimme, give gimme give all the time You know I ain't got money, but you want another time You want another emerald, you want another pearl You saying that you love me and you my baby girl But I ain't gonna buy that shit no more It ain't gonna buy you shit no more You say that you love, well, love is not a soul You better show me real love before I walk out that door So let's talk And a soul will do just talk And when Nice indeed. Thank you so much, everybody. What a great happy hour it's been. Yes, indeed. The band is Swelo, S W E L O. The album is called Escalator Music. You can find a link to it on our website, it's neworleans.com, and also on Bandcamp. They're Augustia Prado and Chinoy, Andrew Tripodo and John Holt, the members of Swelo. And uh, Amber and Huda, who couldn't make it. Who today. couldn't make it today, but she's uh, teaching. Yeah. <laughs> for America and for New Orleans. For America, yeah. Also, Mary Kornhauser was with us. And Rob Owen. Cheers. Bow wow. Yes. I'm shaving my head at uh, for St. Baldrick's tomorrow. It's a cancer uh, benefit. So come That's on right. out and drink yeah. some beer. And uh, Where is it? It's uh, on Bank Street okay. at uh, Cool McFins. Cool. Okay. Oh, McFins. I always get that backwards. <laughs> Thank you so much, everybody. That's Happy Hour. The producer of our show is Graham DePonte. Our associate producer and technical director is Chris Kehoe. Christian Unruh is our music director. And Joshua Brown is our music coordinator. The theme song that you're currently listening to was written by and is being played by Mitch Foreman. The fabulous audio quality of this show is brought to you in part by PreSonus Audio Electronics. PreSonus makes some of the best audio recording and live sound products around, including Studio One music software and Era Studio monitors. Also much more than that. You can visit them at PreSonus.com for information. If you'd like to be on our show and you can sit upright for about an hour and drink a couple of drinks here at Casa Borrega, drop us a line on our show. I mean, our address is on our website. It's neworleans.com. We can also check out other happy hours and our other shows out to lunch with Peter Raschuti live from Commander's Palace. Mindset with psychiatrist Dr. Nick Pajic. True to the Game with Chris True and Tammy Nelson. Vietnam, our show about the New Orleans Vietnamese community with Kim Vu. And Midnight Menu Plus One with Margot Moss and the man who ate New Orleans, Ray Canardi. You can keep up with us on Facebook, Twitter, and a bunch of other time-sucking social media on all of it. You can find us. We're called It's New Orleans. You can find photos from this show on itsneworleans.com and on Facebook. These photos are taken by the fabulous Douglas Engel, still wearing a woolly hat even though it's now spring. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Stitcher, or Swell, our favorite podcast app, Thanks for subscribing to us. Take a moment to rate and review us if you would. That will help other people find us. Our show is recorded live today at Casa Borrega here on Aretha Castle Haley Boulevard in Central City. Casa Borrega is a live music venue where you can hear mostly Latin jazz. You can come down and get a great meal and also have a cocktail at the bar. Happy Hour is a production of I Know Broadcasting for itsneworms.com. For Andrew Duhon, welcome back and yeah, hope man. you'll be here for a while. Everyone around the table here. At Casa Borrega, back at the offices of INO. I'm Grant Morris. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you next time on Happy Hour. <laughs>